According to Susan Cain's best-selling book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking, nearly one-third to one-half of all the people in the world are introverts, which means that for this podcast, nearly half of you listening right now are introverts as well. And in a world that seems to praise extroverts, it's easy to feel like you've been given a second-rate personality style, even within the church. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that one of the most common questions I get related to living scent is, can introverts do this too? Do introverts have a role to play in living scent? Can introverts see people like Jesus, eat with people like Jesus, neighbor people like Jesus, and talk with people about Jesus too? Well, welcome back to the Living Scent Podcast, the podcast that exists to help you live like an everyday missionary within your household, neighborhood, workplace, and city. I'm your host, Justin Wester, and I hope that you had a fantastic Christmas and New Year as we wrapped up 2022. Ours was unusually cold here in Tallahassee, Florida, which I loved because for once it actually felt like Christmas. You know, many times in Tallahassee, Christmas will be 80 degrees, it'll be humid, but not this year. It felt like it was supposed to. It was bone-chilling cold. I'm so glad you're listening in today because we're answering a really great question that I get asked very frequently. Can introverts live sent to? And spoiler alert, the answer is yes, but we will get to that in just a few moments. This really is a special episode for me as well because we have officially hit double digits. This is the 10th episode on the Living Scent Podcast. And it has been so amazing to see this podcast community continue to grow month after month and move really from the U.S. to other countries like Belgium and Costa Rica and Spain. And so a quick shout out to those who took the time to rate and review the podcast last month. And the first one comes from GusBus369. He writes this. He says, Living Scent has changed my life my family's, and has helped us draw nearer to God. This is the way Jesus called us to live, and Jesus hits the nail on the head. Man, I love that. Thank you so much, GusBus369. The next one is from Bryant Anglin, and he writes, Thank you, Justin, for opening my eyes to what my true responsibility and purpose is as a Christ follower. Love this podcast and all the new content. It has truly challenged me to seek opportunities to live sent. A huge, huge thank you to both of these. Each review really is a gift to me, and it actually helps to spread this podcast to new listeners. So consider pressing pause right now on this episode and writing just a quick one-sentence review of how Living Scent has influenced you this past year. It would mean the world to me, and who knows, your review literally may be the one that pushes this podcast in front of a new listener. So a huge thank you to you as well in advance. And as always, I like to remind our listeners that today's show notes are available to you completely free. So if you'd like to dive deeper into this content discussed here, jump over to my website at justinwester.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N-W-E-S-T-E-R.com. Navigate to the podcast tab and pick up those show notes for yourself, for your team, for your church, for your small group, for your family, whoever you think might benefit from them. They are a free resource from me to you to use however you see fit. So let's jump into new content for today. Can introverts live sent 
too. Now, without a doubt, the live scent habits move people outside of their comfort zones. And it can be especially challenging for those who are introverted to begin practicing some of them. You know, I recently led a six-week training where three of the four trainees were introverts. And at the beginning of the training, we often discuss which habits we believe are going to be the easiest for us to adopt and which habits will likely be the most challenging. And after our discussion, we determined that nearly all the habits would be challenging for various reasons. And I get it. I get it. I am an introvert as well. So if you are an introvert, I want to see if you've ever had any of the following thoughts cross your mind. Here's the first one. In a world that praises and exalts extroverts, sometimes I'm made to feel like I've been given a second-rate personality style. Here's the second. I often sense a pressure to love, serve, speak, think, act, and live in the same manner as extroverts. Here's a third. My God-given personality seems to clash with His God-given commands. And lastly, the life God has called me to live sometimes seems incompatible with how he has wired me. Did any of those resonate for you? You know, for many introverts, especially within the church, those statements resonate. I was listening to a podcast recently where the interviewee said that most extroverts just think that introverts need to be healed. (laughs) It made me crack up. I love that. But the reality is introversion is not wrong. It's just different. You know, God has uniquely wired you and you are vital to the health of the church and you're uniquely crafted by God to join him on mission. And I've spoken briefly about this before on episode two, but you know, God is not asking you to become someone you're not. He's not asking you to know as much as a Bible scholar before you say yes to him. He's not asking you to have as much courage as a pioneering missionary before you say yes to him. And he's not asking you to become some sort of charismatic evangelist before you say yes either. He wants you to trust him to use your uniquely crafted personality for his work. So here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to go habit by habit. I'm going to go see people like Jesus, eat with people like Jesus, neighbor people, and talk with people about Jesus. I'm going to go right down the habit list. I'm going to give you a few suggestions that are tailor-made for introverts to help you begin adopting each of these into your life. So the first habit in living sin is the S, and it stands for see people like Jesus. And if you've read my new book, then you know that this habit really gets at making meaningful connections with others in your spheres of influence. But for introverts, the idea of, you know, initiating a conversation with a new person or just simply making a new friend can sound a little daunting. But we know that God has still called us to see every person, regardless of who they are, as worthy of our time and worthy of our respect. So what can you do? And here's the first thing we're going to talk about. Number one, leverage third places and become a regular somewhere. Let me say that again. Leverage third places and become a regular somewhere. 
You know, the idea of a third place comes from a sociologist named Ray Oldenburg. He was the first to really coin that phrase and use the phrases first, second, and third places to describe really private, semi-private, and public spaces. And I'm going to link to his book in the show notes. But by first place, he was referring to where we live. By second place, he was referring to where we work. And by third place, he was referring to really where we hang out. And so to help get your mind around this, I want you to think back to Norm Peterson walking into the bar in downtown Boston in that 1970s sitcom that we all loved called Cheers. You know, he would come in and say, afternoon, everybody, to which the entire bar would heartwarmingly respond, Norm, cheers, was that third place. And so here are some characteristics of third places, and I'm taking all of these from Brad Briscoe and Lance Ford's book called Next Door As It Is in Heaven. Here's the list of them. Number one, third places are neutral ground. That is, everybody feels at home and there are no requirements imposed on the people. Number two, third places act as a leveler. That is, it's an all-inclusive place. The, the public knows it exists and they can attend as equals. Number three, conversation is the main activity in third places. You know, voices are heard and the space is conducive for talking. Number four, it's accessible and it's accommodating. You know, these places are conveniently located and people can participate at almost any time throughout the day. Number five, there are regulars there. You know, those regulars help set the culture and the mood and they attract other people. Number six, it's low profile. You know, it's plain, it's unimpressive, but the setting really supports the main function, which is connection. Number seven, the mood is playful. You know, there are feelings of joy and acceptance that permeate the space. Number eight, it's a home away from home. That's how people describe it and they say they feel as though they belong there. This is a great way to approach seeing people like Jesus as an introvert because with enough time and with enough consistency, you will begin to naturally get acquainted with others who frequent those places as well. You can go at your own pace and you can trust that God will bring the people into your path that you need to be intentional with. You know, I have a friend who literally goes and eats breakfast at the same restaurant every single morning at 7 a.m., and he knows every single person in that restaurant. He's been doing it for years. He never misses a morning except when he's sick or he's out of town. He goes there every day, and he truly is a regular. And he actually came up to me this past year and bought a um, 10 to 12 Live Scent books, and he's passed them out to the employees that work at this restaurant. He loves them. He's loved by them, and he has become a regular by frequenting this restaurant. But you know, to become a regular, you don't have to go there every day. Find somewhere you love to go. It could be a coffee shop, a gym, a bookstore, the beauty salon. It doesn't matter. Go there consistently and predictably and watch what happens. So that's the first suggestion. Leverage third places and become a regular somewhere. On to the second habit, which is eating with people like Jesus. You know, the idea behind this habit is to develop and really deepen those relationships through the practice of sharing meals. Jesus was always doing this. In fact, if you are new to the podcast, I did an entire episode on why I think this really is your most effective ministry tool. You can check it out. It's episode number five. But you know, when it comes to talking about and thinking about this habit, most of the time, 
It's done within the context of your home. Sharing a meal with someone or multiple people in your home, especially when you don't know them very well, isn't something that introverts are chomping at the bit to do. You know, what will we do after we eat? What will we talk about? How long are they going to stay? Those questions and more make introverts really hesitant about this habit. So what are we going to do? Here's the second suggestion. Share meals in neutral territory. Approach this habit by sharing meals in neutral territory. So in other words, choose locations that are not in your home or in their home, but in a neutral location like a restaurant, a coffee shop, or even a park. Now keep in mind, Jesus himself did not have a home into which he invited people. He leveraged neutral spaces and was frequently invited by others to share meals elsewhere. In fact, Jesus' largest meal took place in neutral territory. The feeding of the multitudes, where Jesus uses a little boy's sack lunch and turns it into a full-on catered meal, takes place in neutral territory, in open air, on the outskirts of town. And for introverts, sharing a meal in neutral territory is going to afford you the ability to do a few things. Number one, it's going to free you up to focus on the person in front of you. And it's going to free you up so that you can prepare for your time together. You know, you're not going to be worried about preparing a meal or getting your house clean or making sure things are in order. You are going to have the mind space to be able to be more intentional during your time together. And it's also, number two, it's going to give you the ability to set some time parameters on your meeting. You know, when you share a meal in your home, you run the risk of having the person or the family stay longer than expected. But in neutral territory, you have the ability to set that time frame and wrap things up according to your schedule. So if you're struggling with this second habit a little bit, try experimenting with meals in neutral territory. The third habit is neighboring people like Jesus. Now, you know, many of the books about neighboring and many of the contemporary neighboring movements focus on the entire neighborhood, which is wonderful. It's great. Including everyone is awesome. Hosting large community events is wonderful. But oftentimes, the idea of loving your entire neighborhood can be overwhelming to some people. It can even be intimidating for introverts. So here's a simple suggestion. Number three, make yourself available to one. Make yourself available to one. Instead of trying to love your entire neighborhood, focus on making yourself available to love just one of your closest neighbors. And one of the best ways you can begin to do that is just by getting outside. You know, take a walk, do some yard work, rake some leaves, hang out on the front porch. In the book, The Art of Neighboring, Dave Runyon and Jay Pathak tell a story about a family who had lived in their neighborhood for about 12 years. And they didn't know many of their neighbors, but they had this God-given desire to change that. And here's what they write in their book. One of the biggest factors that had been preventing them from engaging their neighbors was timidity. They were apprehensive about taking the first step, about being socially uncomfortable, particularly when so much time had already passed. They began by taking one simple step. Here it is. They switched yards. Their kids had always played in the backyard, 
And that setting was really the social hub of the family. So Tom and Angela simply switched to the front yard. They put up a swing and a front yard tree and added some lawn chairs. That was about it. Nothing happened at first, but after a while, soon other kids and other adults were spending more and more time in their front yard than they could have ever imagined. And all they had done to attract this traffic was hang out where they could be seen. They made themselves available to their neighbors, and they trusted God for the rest. Make yourself available to one of your neighbors and watch what happens. Here's the final habit, which is the T, which stands for talking with others about Jesus. You know, this one is big. This one is uniquely challenging to introverts because if we are honest, the majority of the popular evangelism strategies that we've learned or experienced or were created, they were created by and for other extroverts and nothing against them. But oftentimes those methods are not a one size fits all. Dr. Mike Bechtel, author of the book Evangelism for the Rest of Us, Sharing Christ Within Your Personality Style, sympathizes with this. He shares that he always felt so discouraged and frankly, he felt guilted into talking about his faith with other people. But he often wondered, man, if God really wants me to share my faith in this this manner or in this method, why didn't he make me louder? Why didn't he make me bolder? Instead, he made me quieter. He gave me a quieter personality, a more reflective personality. Now, every follower of Jesus is called to share their faith. So what are we going to do? Here's our last suggestion. Number four, share your personal story. Now, you may have experienced a dramatic transformation, kind of like Paul on the Damascus Road, or maybe yours is a little bit more subtle. But in either case, your salvation story has power. And no, it's not because of anything that you went through. It is because the gospel has power. You know, in his latest book, Sharing the Gospel with Ease, Tom Rainer writes, No matter your background, there was a time when you stepped out of darkness and into the light of Christ. Every story of a transformed life is powerful. When you tell others what Christ has done for you, you are sharing the gospel through your own testimony. And when you really think about it, stories are shared at the speed of relationship. So be prayerful, be discerning about when to share, but don't let a particular method hold you back from talking with others about Jesus. Share your personal story. So in closing, introverts, you can live sent. Yes, absolutely. We actually need you to live sent. The church needs you. You have a unique personality that is vital to the health of the church and can be powerfully used by God as you join Him and what He's doing around you. Well, that's all for this episode. If you are interested in learning more about what it means to live sin, I'd invite you to check out my latest book called Living Sin. Discover how everyday habits make an eternal difference, and it's available wherever books are sold. Remember, you don't have to live sin. You get to. We'll see you next time.